Monday, May 6, 2019, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday, and we discuss the world of sports with a dose of common sense, and we are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Monday to you, and happy birthday to Houston Rockets guard Chris Paul, who was born in Winston-Salem, North Carolina on May 6th back in 1985. Of course, now, CP3 is a nine-time All-Star. He is an All-Star Game MVP. He is a four-time All-NBA First Team player and a seven-time All-Defensive Team player. He is no doubt a lock for the Basketball Hall of Fame someday, and it is crazy to think that 34 years ago today, Chris Paul came screaming and crying into this world. And honestly, I mean, if you watch him now, He's really never stopped. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show and tell us your whiniest athlete of all time, yes, somewhere I smell a top five in there. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you've got a comment. Maybe you have a suggestion for us. Reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. And make sure you stop by tpublic.com where you can pick up some of the latest Daily Dose gear that is over there. We've got our Daily Dose standard logo gear over there. We also have our Daily Dose iTeam gear over there. But we've got hoodies, we've got sweatshirts, we've got coffee mugs, a number of items that you can pick up over at tpublic.com. Just search Daily Dose, scroll down until you see our logo, and there you will find a number of Daily Dose items. Hey, today on the show, as we do on many Mondays, we will be examining what we learned from the weekend in sports. And there were a number of crazy things taking place over the last few days. And there's a lot to be learned from it. If you were watching and not just sitting there, you know, half drunk, not paying attention, there were a number of things to pick up. You know, this is a really crazy time of year. And we always think of like the fall as being one of the greatest sports times. And it is. We think of around the holidays, a really fun time of year as far as sports, a lot of things going. But you know, right now in the spring is a very underrated time of year as far as sports. You've got the NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs rolling. Major League Baseball, I think, is playing games. I don't know. You have things like the Kentucky Derby. You have a championship boxing event. A number of things going over the weekend. This is a really fun time of year. I hope you were able to take some of those things in over the past few days. But if you weren't, hey, we'll do our best to catch you up with a number of the things that we learned this weekend that you might have missed. And I guess the biggest thing that I learned over this weekend is that now... The Kentucky Derby, I don't know, it kind of feels like it jumped the shark a little bit too after Saturday, doesn't it? Did you see that mess? So if you missed it, favored horse, maximum security, won the race in a reasonably, I don't know, easy fashion, pulling away from the field, winning the 145th run for the Roses on Saturday in the rain, in the mud. But the race was far from over because the second place finisher, Country House, lodged an objection against maximum security because maximum security had actually drifted from the inside pole line that he was running on as he pulled onto the front straightaway to head for the finish line. So the race ends, maximum security wins, like I said, pretty easily, but then that complaint is lodged and we have a 22-minute delay while race officials watch numerous angles of the so-called infraction And then they come back and actually disqualify maximum security and give the win to Country House, who, like I said, finished second. It was such a surreal moment. It was so bizarre. 
you're watching a race that just finished. We all saw the winner. And then you're watching it and they're saying, uh, we might have a disqualification. We're going to see where this goes. And they watch the replays for over 20 minutes. I'm sitting there going, what is this, NFL refs? Do we have NBA officials on call here? What is going on in the Kentucky Derby? Now, we can debate about whether or not maximum security impeded the progress of two or three other horses. And it's funny because I was watching this race with some friends. And when he came out wide, coming off that corner, we said at the time, what's he doing? Because I thought he gave up the inside lane and was going to lose as a result. He ended up still pulling away, but he did bump up against a few horses. But it wasn't like he, I don't know, turned them sideways or had them scrambling or falling over. I don't know that he gained any sort of an advantage. We can debate those things. But there are a few things in the Kentucky Derby that was run on Saturday we can't debate. One, he certainly didn't impede the progress of Country House whatsoever because House was running on the outside. It didn't change anything he was doing. So he wasn't affected in any way. The other thing we cannot debate is this. Maximum Security was the fastest horse on the track on Saturday. And honestly, I don't think it was really that close. But once again, we have another sporting event decided by something other than common sense. So 30 minutes after the race ends and Maximum Security celebrates and they give all the things to the jockey and everyone's popping the champagne and drinking the mint juleps, the race officials overturn the winner, disqualify the winner, and everyone now has to pretend like Country House won when we all know he didn't. Well done, Kentucky Derby. No one cares about the sport of horse racing whatsoever except for three weekends in a year, if you're lucky. And you managed to destroy that completely because I think we all know Country House isn't winning either the Preakness or the Belmont, so we have zero chance for a Triple Crown winner. And even if Country House did win those two other races, Hey, come on, let's all be honest. There's a huge asterisk next to it, isn't there? Oh, and by the way, the change in place cost betters around $9 million. That should make people really happy and super excited to get back to horse racing. People already don't watch horse racing. Way to make it even worse. Hey, coming back, we still have a ton of things to get to today. We've got to talk some NBA playoffs. We've got to talk some Stanley Cup playoffs. And the sport of boxing might not be doing quite as well as they would like us to think. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, maybe you have a birthday coming in the month of May. And don't forget about Mother's Day in the month of May. Maybe you just want to buy something for yourself. You might as well head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. May's Loot Crate theme is now out and it is called Nemesis. Dark forces are gathering in this month's crate. That's right. Your nemesis is here. Shake your fist dramatically at a collection of villainous pop culture gear featuring nefarious ne'er-to-do-wells. May's Loot Crate theme features items from Jaws, Ghostbusters, and many other franchises. But if those franchises maybe don't interest you, remember, you can always go over to Loot Crate. You can choose from a number of different crates. And if you have a specific franchise in mind, trust me, they probably have a crate for that franchise. You can also order a monthly subscription of crates that will arrive in your mailbox every single month and you can always skip months if you don't like what's coming. Or you can just order individual items from whatever franchise you want and trust me, they have just about any franchise you can think of. But the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just make sure you type daily dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning in to the Daily Dose. 
So let's continue with what we learned from the weekend in sports. And let's move over to the NBA, where we learned that the Denver Nuggets are probably a little bit tougher than at least I thought they were. And for that matter, probably tougher than the Portland Trailblazers thought they were as well. On Friday night, with the series tied 1-1, the Nuggets go to Portland and lose Game 3. But it wasn't so much that they lost. Hey, you're going to Portland. We know that can be a tough place to play. They've been playing very well in the playoffs. We saw what they did to Oklahoma City. So that's not a huge thing. You went to Portland and you lost, but it was the way that they lost. The Nuggets lost 140 to 137 in not one, not two. Not two, not three, not four. No, LeBron, it actually was four overtimes. But you lost a four overtime game. And you lost that game when you were leading in each of the first three overtime periods. But the Denver Nuggets kept allowing Portland to tie it up. And then they kept failing to make a play themselves and put the game away and win the thing. So I am looking at the Denver Nuggets after that loss on Friday night. And I'm saying, yeah, they are going to get absolutely smoked in game four on Sunday. After losing a heartbreaker like that, what can they possibly have left? They played so many minutes. Nikola Jokic played over 60 minutes in that game. You're just not going to have the endurance to win game four. I fully expected to see the Denver Nuggets kind of maybe give a fight early and then collapse and go away. And down the stretch, we're going to see Portland just beat them by 10, 15. Hopefully it doesn't get worse than that and it turns into a 20 or 30 point blowout. But these goofy Denver Nuggets are nothing if not completely unpredictable. On Sunday night, the Nuggets somehow grind out a 116 to 112 victory last night in Portland as Jamal Murray goes for 34 points and some really, really clutch free throws down the stretch. He knocks down eight in a row to finish out the game, but it wasn't just Murray. Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, and Gary Harris combined for 56 more points and somehow the Denver Nuggets take back home court advantage. That was not at all what I expected. I expected them to wilt in game four. Hey, I'm not going to say that Denver is now going to win this series. It's going to be very, very tough. You can see these are two really evenly matched teams, you know, as evidenced by the four overtime marathon they played the other night. But I'll be honest with you. The Denver Nuggets showed me some heart on Sunday that I honestly didn't think they had. I know they're talented but they're not always that smart. They don't always execute that much. I really didn't think they were that tough, but they showed me something last night when they win game four. That was actually pretty impressive for a team that you know had to be absolutely exhausted. Hey, let's stay in the NBA. And one thing that we kind of already knew, but we learned for sure, is that the Los Angeles Lakers can say that Jeannie Buss or Rob Palinka or whoever is calling the shots for the franchise but LeBron James is calling the shots, and we learned over the weekend there is no question about that. On Friday, the Lakers announced they would be offering their head coaching position to Tyron Lue and that they have no plans to interview anyone else. You know you are the Lakers, right? You shouldn't have to settle for a coach just because your superstar wants them. You are the Lakers. You say, hey, we go get who we want. We don't kowtow to any other player. We do what we want to do. And yet, here you are settling for a coach whose only claim to fame is that he basically lets LeBron James do whatever he wants to do. Will he develop those young players in Los Angeles? 
Well, did he develop the young players in Cleveland? No, not really. And is he going to attract big-name free agents to join the Lakers? Again, probably just the opposite. Because this hiring tells everyone LeBron James is running the Los Angeles Lakers. Why would I want to go to LeBron land? I want to go be a part of a team somewhere. Dr. Jerry Buss is absolutely spinning in his grave like a top because I have a feeling there is no way he would be running his franchise like this if he was around. One other thing we did learn this weekend while we're on the subject of those Lakers is that apparently LeBron James says he was stunned when Magic Johnson resigned from his job as president of basketball operations. In his first public comments about Magic shocking Los Angeles Lakers organization when he stepped down as president of basketball operations right before the Lakers final game on April 9th, James said he was giving no warning or heads up whatsoever on Magic's decision. On his HBO show, The Shop, yeah, remember, LeBron also does a show. LeBron says he was stretching before the game against Portland, which, by the way, he didn't plan, so I don't know why he's stretching, when he was told that Magic had told the media of his decision to resign. Now, Johnson was the only Lakers representative who had met with LeBron at his Los Angeles home on July 1st before James decided to sign with the Lakers. But just a few days before Magic stunned the Lakers and the NBA world with his decision to resign, he and Lakers general manager Rob Palenka met with LeBron and LeBron's agent Rich Paul. And Magic didn't give James any idea that he was going to be resigning. Here's what LeBron had to say. So it was weird for him to just be like, I'm out of here. And not even have no like, hey, Bron, kiss my blank, I'm out of here. I would have been okay with that. Wait a second. Let me see if I understand this right. So you were okay with Magic leaving as long as he told you first. Isn't that what he's saying? Hate to harp on this. But again, this tells us exactly what LeBron's mindset is. Everything in this Los Angeles Lakers franchise goes through me. Hey, Lakers fan, please remember this. Remember the condition that LeBron has left all of his former franchises in when he has left in the past. Let's see, Cleveland once, then Miami, Cleveland again, and now he's with you. And remember, he has left gigantic craters in the NBA landscape is where those franchises once stood. So good luck with all that. Because it's kind of looking like he's trying to do the same thing to you. Hey, let's put all of our eggs in that basket. And let's just hope he doesn't massacre the franchise. Well, he has in the past, so good luck. Staying in the NBA, we did also learn that the Phoenix Suns have hired Philadelphia 76ers assistant coach Monty Williams. He is going to be their new head coach. You know, I actually think Monty Williams can be a decent head coach. And the Suns, bizarrely, are putting together some pieces down there. But the biggest obstacle for the Phoenix Suns and for Monty Williams is going to be the same as it's been for years in Phoenix. Whether or not Suns owner Robert Sarver is going to stay out of the way and let the basketball people do their jobs. Because let's go ahead and think about this. How many coaches have tried to coach under Sarver's ownership? Let's see. He's been there for 15 years. Mike D'Antoni, Terry Porter, Alvin Gentry. Lindsey Hunter, Jeff Hornacek, Earl Watson, Jay Triano, Igor Kokoskov, and now Monty Williams. So you have an average in Phoenix of a new coach every, let's say, year and a half. Hey, no wonder there's no continuity. There's no stability. 
If you're wondering why the Suns can't put together any winning eras, yeah, this is exactly why. Can Sarver stay out of basketball business? I mean, I hope so, but honestly, based on the track record, I would doubt it. He doesn't know basketball. Be the owner, write the checks, let the basketball people do their jobs, and you'll start to have some success. Get into everyone's business, you'll just be firing another coach here soon, and you guys will be garbage for a while longer. We did also learn this weekend that the Houston Rockets, hey, they're not quite done yet. Oh, and we also learned that Golden State Warriors guard Steph Curry, yeah, he should probably save those dunks for real special occasions. The Warriors went into Houston on Saturday night. They were up two to nothing in the series. And the Rockets actually played their best game of the series. Led big at times, led for most of the game. They actually were leading by five with 19 seconds left to play in overtime. Steph Curry ends up with the ball and a clear lane to the basket. Hey, he can cut this to three. Anything can happen. But instead of taking the layup and getting the easy bucket, Steph decided to go for the big dunk and he missed the big dunk. Uh-oh, it could have cut the lead to three. It could have kept the Warriors' hopes of maybe going up three to oh in the series, but he misses the dunk and that was the ball game. But when I'm looking at Steph Curry right now, it's not just the dunk. Steph is really struggling since he dislocated that finger last week. Do you realize in the past two games since that finger dislocation, Steph is shooting 13 of 39 from the field. That's just 30%. Wait, it's going to get worse. He is just 5 of 22 from three-point land since that injury. That is 23%. That is not Steph Curry shooting. Now, the weird thing about it, it's his non-shooting hand. I don't know why, but for some reason, it is really bothering him. And he better figure it out quick. Because Houston is playing for their lives. Now, I fully expect Steph Curry to bounce back tonight after that awful Game 3 performance. I think the Warriors are going to be very, very tough to beat tonight in Houston. And Houston needs this game. If you go down 3-1 to one to the Warriors, yeah, you're going to have a really, really tough time winning three games in a row. They need to come out and find a way to win tonight. But I expect Steph Curry to bounce back tonight. He was not very good over the weekend, though. Moving over to the NHL. We learned that in the Stanley Cup playoffs, those top seeds, yeah, they might have been a little bit overrated. Remember in the first round, we saw the Eastern Conference top seed Tampa Bay Lightning get swept completely out of the postseason by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. Then we saw the Western Conference top seed Calgary Flames. They went out in just five games to the Colorado Avalanche. Hey, maybe those bottom seeds are really special. Maybe they're super good because we know the top seeds are great, right? There's no question about that. We know that. But maybe these bottom seeds are a lot better than we thought. Yeah, or maybe the top seeds were just completely overrated because now the Columbus Blue Jackets are just one game from being eliminated by a very banged up Boston Bruins squad. And the Colorado Avalanche are also just one game away from being eliminated by the San Jose Sharks, who are extremely fortunate to even be in the postseason. Because remember, they were down three to nothing in the third period of game seven last round. They should have lost that. Somehow they get a win, somehow they advance. But just when he started thinking, well, those bottom seeds are really, really good. Well, are they? Maybe they're just okay. And they just trashed your top seeds. The NHL, seriously, they need to rethink their playoff format. Because I don't know if we're seeing the best teams across the board. I don't know that we're seeing that. They're letting teams qualify with goofy divisions. I don't know if you're getting the best teams in this though. 
We also learned this weekend that as much as we keep being told that paying college players should be fine, we really shouldn't worry about it. Yeah, the FBI has a way of not really caring what any of us think. And now the NCAA is going to follow suit. Over the weekend, it was announced that the NCAA has launched an investigation into the Arizona men's basketball program. We all knew this was coming, didn't we? Hey, and there are a ton of issues and alleged violations for NCAA investigators to examine at Arizona. They have a number of things. But the most recent thing is the fact that federal prosecutors last week played a recording of a phone call in which assistant basketball coach Emmanuel Richardson told aspiring sports manager Christian Dawkins that head coach Sean Miller was paying center DeAndre Ayton 10000 bucks a month while he was enrolled at the University of Arizona. I know we keep being told this, especially by some of the big sports media companies. Hey, all of this should go away. Players deserve to be paid. Why are we making such a big deal out of this? Everyone benefits from this except the players. They deserve some money. But isn't it kind of like saying, hey, you know, I feel like the speed limit on the highway should be, eh, let's say around 125 miles an hour. Well, that's all well and good. And maybe you're even right. Maybe it would keep traffic flowing a little bit better. But you know what? If you get caught going 125 miles an hour, yet you're probably going to lose your license. You're probably going to have to pay a pretty hefty fine. They may take your car. They might throw you in jail because it's illegal. Now, I don't look at the NCAA as having much teeth. I know now they're going to investigate the University of Arizona. What are they going to do? Make Arizona forfeit a bunch of losses? Who cares? <laughs> but I am going to go ahead and assume that the University of Arizona is going to get some sort of slap on the wrist and Sean Miller is probably going to be out of a job. Wouldn't you think it would happen at some point? I know everyone's just saying plausible deniability, but at the same time, there is a ton of evidence that some really, really shady things were going on in Arizona. And I know everyone's just saying, well, yeah, but who cares? The players deserve to get paid. Well, the FBI cares. That's who cares. And the FBI can crack down on you when you're messing with a state university. It still may take some time, but I think eventually we are going to see a few people take some pretty serious hits in their career. Finally, we learned this weekend that the sport of boxing can tell us that it isn't true all they want to, but the sport of boxing desperately needs some viewers. You know, every time there is a big fight, we get told that the pay-per-view numbers are just through the roof. They won't release the actual numbers, but they just kind of hint around that, hey, so many people bought this fight. Like, we don't even know what to do. We're not even sure what to do with all this money. Yes, it was kind of a crappy fight, and it wasn't really that great of a championship type of fight, but we took in so much money. You should see our pay-per-view numbers. Well, can we see them? No, no, you can't see them. Like, what were they? We're not going to tell you. But just trust us on this. We made a ton of money. In fact, we made so much money. We're not even sure what to do with all the money that we made. I mean, should we buy like some new houses to store it in? We're not even positive if there is a bank big enough to hold all the money that we took in pay-per-view this weekend. Maybe we should just start putting it in chests and burying it like pirates because we are making money hand over fist and these $100 pay-per-view events are lining our pockets with billions upon billions upon billions. We don't really need anyone else to watch it. Trust us on this. We're doing just fine. Yeah, I might be a tad skeptical though. Because the first major fight this weekend to appear on a new boxing pay-per-view channel called DAZN 
took place on Saturday night as we saw Canelo Alvarez outpoint Daniel Jacobs in a fight that we were promised was going to be just like Hagler Hearns back in 1985. Well, it didn't quite hit that mark. It looked more like, I don't know, maybe Hagler Hearns, if it took place in 2019. Jacobs missed the 10-pound rehydration limit following the official weigh-in, so the fight actually had nothing on the line, even if Jacobs had won. But Canelo won the fight easily, and he adds another belt to his mantle. But back to this new channel. They apparently provide over 100 fights per year. The price for a yearly subscription, $99.99 for the full year. Or you can just do a $19.99 for a month if there is a specific fight that you want. Wait a second. You're telling me boxing for years that you're making so much in pay-per-view at like 99 bucks a fight. You can get that whenever you want to roll out a big time fight. People are going to plunk down all kinds of money to watch these fights. But now, you're going to lower the price to $99 for a year worth of fights? Or I can just pay $19.99 for one specific fight? So what, boxing is just feeling benevolent? They're just out to be nice and hook us up? Yeah, since when has boxing ever been anything but a shady, selfish sport only interested in money? Never. That tells me all the money... And all the pay-per-view numbers they've been saying that they're getting, yeah, that's all BS. They need some people to start buying some fights on pay-per-view. So they're going to give us more realistic options. And hey, this new channel should help. You know what else would help? Stop having dirty judges and start putting together actual quality matchups that we want to see in telling us that fights like Canelo versus Jacobs is a quality fight. I didn't care about that fight. I already knew the outcome. What are you going to do next? Have Floyd Mayweather come in and box a kangaroo? <laughs> Stop being stupid boxing. Take a look in the mirror. You need more viewers. You need more money. You know you do. Now, I do think this new boxing channel is a step in the right direction. Now, stay on that path. People want to watch good boxing events. They really do. Look at some of the big events lately. We had the whole Mayweather-Pacquiao thing. People wanted to watch a good fight. Now, boxing disappointed us. Don't get me wrong. Think of the Canelo-Golovkin fight. We want good fights, but boxing doesn't give them to us. Okay, I like the idea that you've got this channel to lower our prices. Maybe we'll tune in and buy it. Now, give us a real product to watch in the ring and stop putting up these crappy fights that no one cares about and telling us how great they're going to be. We know full well it's not quality competition. We want to see the good stuff. It's a step in the right direction for boxing. They still didn't fix everything, though. Hey, tomorrow on the show, we will, of course, be looking at some of the biggest stories in the world of sports. And then we just might have to take a little closer look at these NBA playoffs. There have been a number of very, very interesting things. And I want to take a little closer look at them tomorrow. We're going to be talking some NBA on the show tomorrow. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose on your Monday. For all of you that reach out, that text us, that message us, thank you. And for all of you that share the show, thank you even more. We appreciate that so much. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Monday.